With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This week, we have another full slate of games to look forward to. Luckily for us, DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, has us covered with so many different ways to get in on the action. DraftKings Sportsbook is based right here in the U.S., not offshore, so you know your funds are safe and secure. Plus, they have new odds, boosts, and promotions on your favorite sports every day. With DraftKings Sportsbook, you can bet from wherever, whenever, you don't even have to leave your house. And for those where sports betting is not yet available, head to the DraftKings app and check out all of their daily fantasy contests. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SI when you sign up. For a limited time, all new users can get a sign-up bonus up to $1,000. That's code SI to get your sign-up bonus up to $1,000. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. Bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus and a first bet match, each up to $500. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. This is the SI Fantasy Podcast. Head to SI.com slash fantasy for all the latest news, advice, and more to help you win your league. I look at his athletic ability, his explosiveness. He's very good in the red zone. He's able to get you those touchdowns. I mean, this guy had five touchdowns and 30 receptions. That's pretty much unheard of. Don't forget to subscribe to SI Fantasy Plus for even more content you won't find anywhere else. Every single running back in his first year as the featured back under Andy Reid, dating back to 1999, has been the RB10 or better. How can we go wrong here with the Glide, guys? Here are your hosts, Corey Parson and Michael Fabiano. What's up and welcome inside the SI Fantasy Podcast brought to you by DraftKings, the fantasy executive and fabs. 12 Sundays in, Mike, and yesterday was just as crazy as any one of these Sundays that we've seen thus far. Yeah, it was, man. I felt bad for for Kendall Hinton, man. I mean, boy, I tell you something, that was brutal to watch. I, and I I kind of wanted to watch it, uh, assuming it was going to be somewhat of a train wreck. And yeah. uh, unfortunately, it was it, it was worse than that. And it is what it is. The NFL is bulldozing through the games. Denver didn't have a quarterback. Uh, Kendall Hinton came in and gave you negative three points. If you were one of the people out there that rolled the dice on him. As a wide receiver playing quarterback, it, it clearly didn't work out. And it's one of many situations that the NFL and fantasy fans are dealing with right now as it pertains to COVID-19. Um, yeah, so interesting that they was able uh, to, to, to get that done. Uh, like I said, tough year across the board. If you've been, you know, having a good fantasy season by putting it together, you know, shout out to you out there. But let's 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 rewind. Let's go back to the Thanksgiving Day and, and and Thursday. And listen, both of us are Dallas Cowboy fans. I've seen it all now. Like I thought it couldn't get any worse. That fake punt, I've seen it all now. They got to get rid of this guy. They have to get rid of Mike McCarthy. But the big story from Thanksgiving, Will Fuller, once again saved my bacon and Antonio Gibson, like we knew going into it. Yep, 
Yeah, Gibson was a he's become a virtual must start now every single week. Uh, he's a guy that I was very high on during the preseason that wasn't uh, once the Washington football team released Adrian Peterson uh, and we're clearly going in the direction of youth. But it was it was a big game for Gibson. It was a big game for Deshaun Watson there on Thanksgiving Day. Will Fuller, as you mentioned, I mean, even Adrian Peterson turned back the clock and got into yep. the end zone a couple of times. Uh, but we're seeing we're seeing performances from from players uh, that are uh, a bit surprising. Let's put it that way, because of COVID nineteen and not just Thanksgiving Day, uh, but certainly uh, during the weekend as well. And that's where we're at right now. This is absolutely where we're at with COVID. We're seeing players in positions that they maybe wouldn't have otherwise been in, and it's certainly shaken up the fantasy landscape. But as it pertains to the Cowboys. I said it before. I'll say it again. This team stinks. Just keep losing. We don't need to win games. We're not going anywhere, folks. Any Cowboys fans who had optimism after beating Minnesota, the team is terrible. And I don't know that Jerry Jones would get rid of Mike McCarthy because Jerry Jones likes his puppets. And I think McCarthy's the next in line of those puppets. Yes, yeah, a guy that had the eye on for a while now, and it's obviously that's because he he is that puppet. You had mentioned Deshaun Watson. A lot of people look at uh, the Texans' record and say that you know, oh, he's having a down year. The Texans are having a down year. Watson is balling. Watson's going nuts, man. He's been great. Watson's been and remember in drafts, people were like, mm, no nuke. I don't know. He's been every bit as good, if not better, uh, than he's been in the past. And also, let's let's not. Let's not forget here, okay? Houston's schedule started off at Kansas City, then Baltimore, then at Pittsburgh. Sorry, folks. A lot of teams are going to go 0-3 <laughs> with that start, yeah, man. They had a tough schedule. Very tough schedule, and they've been better lately. They've been better under Romeo Cornell. You know, they've the offense has been better with Bill O'Brien out the door, which kind of shows you something. Uh, Jets, but of course, they're just tanking for Trevor at this point. Yeah. But Watson's been great, man. I mean, no complaints whatsoever, especially, again, based on the fact that his value had taken a little bit of a hit when the uh, Texans inexplicably traded Nuke Hopkins for uh, David Johnson. Mm. <laughs> Yo, Mike, I saw a great tweet in regards to everything that went on and took place over the course of the weekend. It was a wild weekend in sports. But I saw a great tweet. It said, Nate Robinson's going to wake up and Jalen Hurts is going to be the Eagles starting quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that's awesome, dude. I mean, he's going to get played. He's going to get played tonight. And that's what Carson Wentz is a fade. I mean, you've already sort of set your lineups. We're into a Monday. But he shouldn't have been in your lineups, even though Seattle's been, uh, well, uh, very generous to quarterbacks. But here's the bottom line. Um Wentz, I don't know if he's going to lose that job because when you look at the money, yeah, <laughs> the Eagles are invested in Wentz uh, for at least the next you know couple of seasons. But I'm going to be very interested to see how they use Jalen Hurts because Hurts uh, is a guy who I don't know if he's NFL ready, but he's certainly intriguing from a fantasy perspective. Yeah, no doubt. I, I will definitely say that. You got the Seahawks and Philadelphia Eagles tonight, Monday Night Football. If you were setting a showdown lineup on DraftKings, what would you think be your guy in the captain seat? Hmm. For Eagles Seahawks, I mean, you'd probably be looking at, I would say, Tyler Lockett, potentially. I mean, Rocco yeah. Wilson would be the, you know, he, he's kind of the chalk play. And 
a lot of folks out there would want to get in Carson Wentz because, of course, you want to try to get in both quarterbacks because uh, they're typically going to score the most points. But I think Tyler Lockett could be interesting. You know, DK Metcalf is a guy that you're playing regardless week in and week out. But, you know, Darius Slay is a pretty good corner. And I would expect that Slay will probably be on DK, which would open things up uh, for Tyler Lockett. And Miles Sanders would also be in the mix, too. And Dallas Goddard, if you want to go a little bit contrarian, could also uh, be in that cap-in spot. But I think most folks would be going Russell, but I could certainly see Tyler Lockett in that spot, too. Yeah, no doubt. That's going to be an interesting contest tonight. Like you said, Darius Slay couldn't make the even a little bit difficult for DK Metcalf. Tyler Lockett is a guy that a lot of people are on tonight. As a matter of fact, his anytime touchdown score or prop is sitting at minus 105. So you may want to hop on that over on the DraftKings Sportsbook. Now, Mike, we do have another game tomorrow night when the Baltimore Ravens and the Pittsburgh Steelers try to figure this thing out. And Baltimore is basically <laughs> playing with a JV team, right? Yeah. We, we hope. hope. Exactly. I don't know what's going to happen with this game. So everyone's got to keep tabs. Hopefully you're in a league where a commissioner has said you can submit alternatives because to me, it's just not fair to start players in a game that might not be played because of a freaking pandemic. So regardless, whatever your situation is in uh, all your Steelers are very good plays. Benny Snell could end up getting 18 touches in this game with James Conner on the COVID list. And Baltimore is going to be down, what, a minimum of 10 starters. I mean, it's going to be brutal. Like half their roster, it seems like, is is on the COVID list. So this will be a blowout win for Pittsburgh. They are going to absolutely smash Baltimore and what's left of their roster. And there isn't one player that I'd have confidence in in that game from Baltimore's roster, maybe outside of Gus Edwards, maybe, but if the game script goes the way that we kind of think it would, uh, Edwards might not get much burn in the second half, and that's a problem. Uh, you're, starting, yeah, cool. you're starting Mark Andrews potentially, but, I mean, that's about it. Nah, it's definitely going to be uh, in- interesting. If they can get to it, our latest reports is the facility is closed again today, so still awaiting word on that. So it's a lot of stuff going down right now with the uh, Baltimore Ravens, Pittsburgh Steelers, this game scheduled to be played right now on Tuesday night. One of the ones that we did get to yesterday, Mike, was the Raiders and the Falcons. Bad oh, performance man. by the bad, bad performance by the Raiders. You know what I'm saying? Um, no Julio Jones for Atlanta, and they still put up 43 points. Derek Carr, what? I mean, what the oh, hell was that? God. Oh, my God. He scored six-tenths of a point. I mean, against Atlanta. <laughs> They came into the week giving up the most points to quarterbacks. Uh, I mean, every quarterback who had played a full game against Atlanta had scored at least 18 points. I mean, and Carr gives you six-tenths of a point. Jeez Louise. I mean, that was awful. Josh Jacobs uh, got banged up in the game. They couldn't run the football. Hell, their best player was Hunter Renfro. He had seven catches in the game, and that was it. And on Atlanta's side, it wasn't much better. Matt Ryan stunk again. Again? The offensive line is terrible. Atlanta's just, they're not a good football team, even though they've been winning more often uh, because, well, you know, they, uh, they, they seem to be a little bit more motivated uh, under, under Raheem Morris, but still not a good football team. Matt Ryan's not a guy you can trust with at all right now, especially without Julio Jones. I mean, Calvin Ridley had a decent game. Hayden Hurst was okay. You'll take it. But I think the big losers, and I'm part of this group, is you know those of us who played Brian Hill thinking he was going to get most of the touches. And while he played more snaps, it was Edo Smith who saw three more touches and ended up having more fantasy points. So 
Next week, number one, you're probably not playing any Atlanta running backs against the Saints. Their defense is, is just lit right now. But if Todd Gurley can't go, I don't know who to play. It's going to be Ito or Brian Hill, and neither one of them is going to be an attractive option. No, hopefully Todd Gurley can go. I was in that Brian Hill boat with you. As a matter of fact, uh, Mike, uh, this was the, probably a very competitive week score-wise in a lot of my fantasy leagues. And in the Kings Classic, you know, pretty much locked into one of the top two seeds in a bye. But your guy, Bob Harris, ended up picking me off yesterday, last oh, uh, this week. <laughs> Bob Harris, hey, man. He's a, he's a wily veteran in the fantasy football world. He's a good man. Yes, the, the OG Bob Harris. I'm riding high trying to get to that double-digit win season, and Bob Harris comes in there and gets the 116 to 107 victory. Ooh. So shout out to Bob Harris. Um, You know, we've talked about a couple of guys throughout the course of the past couple of weeks, mainly the past month, Mike. Mm-hmm. Wayne Gallman is at the top of the list right now. It's another guy that's really, really helped fantasy owners over the course of the last month. He's been huge. I mean, Wayne Gallman. Like, remember what I talked about at the top of the show? Players who otherwise maybe wouldn't be making impacts are. This guy has scored a touchdown now in five straight games. He gave you 18 against Cincinnati. They've got Seattle coming up next. I don't think Wayne Gallman is matchup proof, but hell. I mean, I mean, Colt McCoy is going to be the quarterback next week, so that might be an issue. But, I geez, love Louise, Wayne Gallman has looked very good. I mean, he has really helped save your season out there if you've been uh, starting him week in and week out as the Giants' number one running back. And, heck, when Devonta Freeman comes back, I don't know if Gallman's going to take, uh, you know, get that job. Uh, he's Freeman is going to end up being uh, a committee back because Gallman's been so good. Yeah, my, and, that, and, that, and then he might be – can you imagine Devontae Freeman might be playing in the playoffs this year? Which I would have never and, saw that coming. <laughs> any any Giants fan or Washington fan, I'm not even saying Cowboys because I don't want it. Anybody out there who's bragging that their team is in first place uh, in, in the NFC East, come on, folks. Yeah, the, yeah we all stink. We're all terrible. It's not braggable, you know what I'm saying? But you no, do get a home playoff no. game. You shouldn't even get a banner for, for winning the for your organization. You shouldn't get a banner for winning the NFC East in 2020. No, no, <laughs> yes, it's, that's it's like you, you get a part a participation banner, and that's it. Um, what's the deal with the Bills' backfield? Well, Devin Singletary was it looked halfway decent Man. yesterday, right? Yeah. I mean, w- which is kind of what we didn't expect. We all thought that Zach Moss would continue to be the guy. Uh, Moss did play 36 snaps. Singletary only played 25 snaps, but Singletary had three more touches. Now, neither one of the guys was spectacular, right? I mean, Singletary gave you 11 and change, and Moss gave you you know, eight and change. So neither one of these guys was, was ultimately all that good from a fantasy perspective, uh, Singletary being the better of the two backs. Now the next game that they have on their schedule is at San Francisco. That's not a great matchup. So neither one of these players is startable for me uh, against the 49ers, but uh, I thought Moss would be able to separate himself and he's not. No. Um, Good to have Austin Eckler back. Good to have all. Oh back. my goodness, man! That and production, boy, that production. I'm like, if I'd had this all season, I'd have ran away with this league. And there were reports, and not that you would have sat him anyways, but there were reports that maybe he was going to get a limited workload. He played 59 snaps and had 25 touches. God bless him. It was so yeah. good to have him back. It really was. Uh, I've actually got him in the Kings Classic in the redraft league. 
Okay. And boy, it felt good to have him back. I mean, I, I've, I've ridden the wave. I, I'm in first place in that league. I've ridden the wave without him, but boy, getting him back is huge, man. And it couldn't come at a better time with the fantasy playoffs uh, just around the corner. Weeks 14, 15, and 16 a night guaranteed. So we got one more. we get to the wave of Hawaii stuff in a little bit. Uh, Evan Ingram showed up finally. Uh, well, not mm-hmm. finally. Evan Ingram showed up. He had a big game for his guys. The reason why Bob Harris pulled off the victory, Mike, is because I got cute yesterday and I left T. Higgins on the bench. Oh, I mean, well, but here's the thing. You didn't know. Exactly. You didn't know. Brandon, and, and not for nothing, Corey, but Higgins scored like a late fourth quarter sort of garbage touchdown. So, yeah. I mean, if you started Higgins, you got lucky. I mean, let's be honest, folks. It wasn't a huge performance at all, but it is what it is. I didn't like Higgins this week, and I was right for most of that game until he got into the end zone late. Uh, Brandon Allen is not a good quarterback. There, there's too many of those sort of situations around the league right now. Thank God we got Ryan Fitzpatrick back. Thank God. You know, I like teams like the Titans because you know who the dudes are. Mm -hmm. You know A.J. Brown and you know Derrick Henry and Corey Davis every now and then. Mm -hmm. And Derrick Henry, I mean, does he get taller as the game goes on? I don't know, dude, because it looks like it. He's just a a freaking monster. He honestly, God, I mean, he is ridiculous. Like at one point he was on pace for like 300 rushing yards and six touchdowns. He ended up ultimately with uh 38 and change huge game. Uh, only, only Antonio Gibson was close to him from a fantasy points perspective at 36.6. It's, it's his time of the year, man. I mean, this is when Derrick Henry shines second half of the season. Titans are rolling, trying to secure a playoff berth, maybe trying to take that division and, they're going to keep feeding him the football. And I mean, this week they've got a matchup against uh, Cleveland. Good luck Browns with that one. You're going to have a lot of fun trying to cover, uh, you know, co- cover Derrick Henry uh, and that big frame of him. He is going to absolutely just continue to roll uh, over opposing defenses. And when you look at the matchups down the stretch, holy cow, he's got Cleveland this week. Then he's got Jacksonville. Then he's got Detroit. And oh, by the way, how about Green Bay in Fantasy Championship Week? They just got rolled by David Montgomery, although they whacked the Bears pretty good. They can't stop the run. Henry's schedule is super good rest of season. Yeah, nah, Derrick Henry's the guy that's going to be there in the end. If you are a guy that has Derrick Henry on your fantasy team, oh, you feel pretty good about that. You got to feel the same way if you have Naheen Himes in the PPR. Ooh, he was good. He was good. I mean, standard leagues. Not as great. Uh, nah, exactly. Standard is not it's not that good, but the PPR, right. man. PPR, he gave, you, he gave you over 17, and he played 47's office of snaps. He was targeted 10 times. I mean, it's Phillip Rivers. Phillip Rivers likes to check down. And I don't know how long Jonathan Taylor is going to be out due to the COVID-19 situation. Apparently, he did not test positive. His girlfriend did. So it was a, a close contact sort of situation. But as long as Taylor's out, Naheem Hines is, a, is a, at least – uh, a, a low RB1, high RB2, because Jordan Wilkins is not getting enough touches. So uh, the matchup this week also for Indianapolis as we look ahead to the schedule at Houston. I mean, giddy up. Holy cow. So really good matchup, uh, but it all depends on Jonathan Taylor. But Naheem Hyde's been good. I mean, the, he's been very good two of his last three games, uh, and he's had some big games against the Titans. Uh, Bill Belichick keeps uh, Kyler Murray in check yesterday. What? Oh, boy. I, you know, 
I didn't go into that game with concern over Kyler because, you know, he's dealing with the shoulder. Yep. After watching that game, maybe I do have a little concern about him. And this, this is his worst performance by a mile. He didn't even score eight points. He didn't get into the end zone. He didn't do much as a rusher either. He had five carries for 31 yards. And I'll tell you this, the next, the, the next matchup, I mean, they got the Rams. That defense Rams is good. Rough. Yep. I'll tell you one thing. I am I am fading uh, Kyler Murray in DFS. There, there's no, I, I don't want nothing to do with him. I don't know if he's 100%. Uh, Nuke is going to be covered by Jalen Ramsey. Boy, that could be tough. That could be really tough for Kyler Murray, but uh, not, a, not a good look for Murray. And the Cardinals offense outside of Kenyon Drake, who we uh, now love the Drake again, uh, is and he could have had another score too. They stopped him at the end of the first half right at the goal line. Uh, some folks out there thought he had gotten in. Uh, ultimately, they didn't give him the touchdown, but Drake is starting to separate himself from Chase Edmonds. And this is kind of Drake's MO, right, Corey? I mean, like in his career, he's been a second-half dude. Yep. Nah, no doubt. That is what he's been in his career. I want to come back right quick to, 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 to Murray and this matchup next week. Week 13, a lot on the line next week. Can you sit him? If, do do I have uh, Justin Herbert? Then maybe I can. Which is no, you got Her- you got Teddy Bridgewater, not Justin Herbert. Teddy Bridgewater. Well, Teddy Bridgewater's on a bye, so I have to. Oh, I have oh, to. Uh, <laughs> I have to play. I have to play Murray. In most cases, I'm playing Murray. In most cases, I'm playing Murray because yeah. when I look at when I look at the matchups uh, for next week, and I look at you know who could you also have in addition to Kyler. I guess you could have Tannehill, and Tannehill's got a good matchup. You could have Taysom Hill. He's got a good matchup. You could have Fitzpatrick. He's got a good matchup. You could potentially have Cam, who's got the Chargers. You could have Big Ben, who's got Washington. But ultimately, are you brave enough to sit Kyler Murray? There's still a short list. He'll probably be listed lower on my QB rankings than he's been all year long. But there's still a short list of dudes I'd start over him. So... Can we get a petition going in South Florida as Devontae Parker fantasy managers to have Tua come back next season? Yes, I, I will sign that. I will lead that petition, in fact. Parker's just – and you remember when Fitzpatrick got demoted, I was like, what the hell, man? He's playing good. I don't get yeah. it. And Tua, I like Tua. I think he's got a bright future in the league. Brother, I mean, he ain't ready. He had that yeah. one very good game, and that's it. Right, he just ain't ready. I mean, that game I believe was against Arizona. He had an okay game against Denver, but Ryan Fitzpatrick did nothing to be demoted. Yeah. Nothing. Okay, Tua Tungavaloa has got a bright future in the league. Doesn't mean you got to play him right now. And offensively, the Dolphins are not nearly as good with him. And I get it. Ryan Fitzpatrick is going to Ryan Fitzpatrick. He's going to have a game or two where he throws two or three picks and drives you nuts. But ultimately. In the majority of the games that he's played over the last year and a half, he's been pretty good from a fantasy perspective, too. And everybody's better around him. Devontae Parker's better. He's a, he's almost a must-start with Fitzpatrick. They've got Cincinnati coming up. Mike Gesicki actually came back to life. I, once they get that ground game going, I mean, that offense could be a lot of fun to watch with Fitzpatrick. I don't know if Miles Gaston's going to come back. I don't know if uh, uh, Savan Ahmed's going to be back. I'm not sure. Uh, but I, they hate Matt Breed, I can tell you that. They use DeAndre Washington in that game uh, against the Jets, and he was better than Brito. I think Brito's uh, not even rosterable at this point because they just don't like him there. But, yeah. yes, please, I will. if you start the petition, I will sign it, and I guarantee you uh, a lot of people on social media will sign that as well. 
Yeah, no doubt. So let me ask you this: as we get ready to um to 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 push into week thirteen, right? What should rosters be looking like for weeks 14, 15, and 16? Because this is week 13. This is kind of like as we get ready to hit the waiver wire, this is the last chance at the waiver wire. I do not believe in running waivers after week 13. Once you get to the playoffs, the waiver wire is shut down. Except for playoff teams, I can deal with that. But I don't think the waiver wire should be open at all weeks 14, 15, and 16. But you definitely can't have no non-playoff teams uh, making pickups. What's the, what? What should teams look like, and what and what do you and what do you, and what's your opinion on that rule for the waiver wire in the playoff weeks? Yeah, if you don't make the playoffs, uh, I lock you out as the commissioner because you're out. Why are you making moves? I don't play in consolation leagues, so exactly. So unless you do play in consolation leagues, well then you know ultimately it is what it is, and you're going to have to deal with it. But no, teams that didn't make the playoffs, they're done, right? It's over. So. Uh, those teams go home and and there are features on products where you can lock players out of making moves. And that's what I do because sometimes people go in there and they, you know, don't realize that they're not allowed to make moves and they ultimately do it and it screws things up. So uh, I lock, I lock people out. I do think the playoff teams should be able to use the waiver wire, especially this year, man. I mean, geez, COVID and yeah, injuries, man. Yeah. I mean like, geez, the So yeah, I, I, waiver wire still in play for me for playoff teams, but non-playoff teams, uh, absolutely not. And in terms of what rosters need to look like, if you didn't learn anything from the last couple of weeks, folks, you got to ensure those top backs. Dalvin Cook, I thought he was he was out for the year, the way he was reacting. Maybe it was a little bit of uh, injured pride because he fumbled the football. I'm not sure. He ultimately came back into the game. But, I mean, you got to have Alexander Madison if Dalvin Cook's on your roster. you got to have Devontae Booker on your roster if you've got Josh Jacobs. And it goes down the line. You have to. You have to do it. Losing a running back who's a top 10 to 12 player at this point in the season can be devastating. And I get it. We've seen some performances from backups. Brian Hill, thank you for nothing. That that looked horrible. But at least you've got the faith that the volume should be there uh, if your top back goes down. you got to handcuff these guys, folks. Yeah, Lat Murray goes into that conversation as well. Um, Lat Murray can put up such big Boy, numbers. Alvin, Alvin Kamara, what the hell? I mean, like, the NFL... Can't stop Alvin Kamara, but Taysom Hill can. I don't. I don't get it. Why does he stink with Taysom Hill as the quarterback? Because they're winning games, and Sean Payton. That is that is his his toy. Okay, he loves Taysom Hill. He gets him involved in the offense, whether or not Drew Brees is is under center or not. He gets him involved in the offense, and Taysom Hill, from a fantasy perspective, has been pretty good because he's rushing for all these touchdowns but he's breaking the backs of fantasy owners who are leaning on Alvin Kamara. His catches have gone to nothing the last couple of weeks. And it's Alvin freaking Kamara. He's had 81 catches every single year of his career. It's it's mind-boggling. And you have to keep throwing him out there, but Taysom Hill's hurting his value significantly. Yeah, so here's the thing. I don't think we really you think I don't think we see Drew Brees no more this year. Until the playoffs, the NFL playoffs start, especially with the way that Hill is rolling right now, and Sean Payton looks like a genius with the Hill with the Hill call. So the Kamara thing is going to be tough, but the problem is, Mike, you can't sit him. Nope, you can't do it. So, and I mean, he's got to eat it. The points were out there too uh, against Denver. They all went to Latavius Murray though. Latavius yeah, had a huge Murray. ass game, and and yeah, and, and Kamara was terrible. He's not terrible personally. His numbers were, and. Now you got, you know, it stinks too, because you're going into week 13. You're thinking, 
boy, can I start Kyler Murray? Oh man, can I start Zeke Elliott? Ooh, can I start Alvin Kamara? It's rough, man. Some folks out there, including you and I, uh, have some big decisions to make. Ultimately, you're probably going to have to play players like that. Michael Thomas is in the conversation too. He's had one good game all year. so All season. That's it. It, it, it. It's it's rough, man. Life's rough on these fantasy football streets. He could be on the block. Thomas? Yeah. Mm. Well, they, from what I'm hearing. If Breeze doesn't come back and they're going to run that offense with, with Taysom Hill, I don't know. That's... That's not a, a good fit for Michael Thomas. So what I'm hearing is he has some Antonio Brown in him. You could see that. I mean, he's posted some stuff on social media that's been a little bit, you know, okay, controversial. Yeah. Uh, he's very opinionated. Mm-hmm. And um, he has brought that opinion into the clubhouse and not with the team, with the staff. Mm. And a lot of people was getting rubbed the wrong way by it. So, um, it's going to be interesting offseason for Michael Thomas and the New Orleans Saints. Uh, what do you think about Tom Brady's performance yesterday? From a fantasy perspective, I'll take it all day long. Garbage time works for me. Yep. Uh, but, I mean, he's got seven picks in his last four games. And Tampa Bay's one in three in their last four games. Uh, Antonio Brown curse anyone? I don't know. Maybe <laughs> maybe it is the football gods, uh, you know, certainly punishing Tampa Bay. But they haven't looked good. They're going into a bye week, uh, so they got some time here to fix it. And the good news is that their schedule is weak the rest of the season. Minnesota, so Atlanta, Detroit, yeah. and then Atlanta again. So they yeah. should go 4-0 the rest of the season. Easily. Easily. And if they don't, well, they're not the team that we all thought they were. And I don't think they're the team we all thought they were anyways. The NFC is up for grabs, dude. The yeah. NFC is up for grabs. The Saints defense is playing well. You get you get Taysom Hill into a playoff game if that's what happens against Aaron Rodgers. Good luck. Good luck. So, and you're right with the with the um because I, I don't think the Saints come out to NFC. I really don't. Um, so what's interesting, right? The Buccaneers will probably have to travel to the NFC East winner. So they almost get like a bye week. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. And this is the first time that Tom Brady's got to play in the wild card round. It's been a while, right? Well, when you win the damn division every year and you've got 12 wins all the time, I mean, you, you get a bye most of the week. So, I mean. All right. So <clears throat> here we go. This is an important wave of wild week right here, yeah. Mike. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. So we got a lot of stuff that we got to get into. Because bids are being shaped to put teams into the tournament. You got to be in it to win it. Like I always say, 14, 15, and 16 are not guaranteed. So 13 is the last shot. Where you got on the waiver wire to help people get to 14, 15, and 16? All right, well, let's start off at the quarterback position. Ryan Fitzpatrick is going to be the most added player there. Uh, he's got the Bengals coming up. Tua uh, could miss uh, multiple games. And I, I hope he gets better soon. But from a fantasy perspective... Give me more of that Fitzpatrick. Just jam it into my veins, man. Uh, Fitzmagic. Kirk Cousins is also a very uh, addable and startable asset. Uh, he's had 20-plus points in three of his last four games, and the Jaguars coming up. Like, okay, Derek Carr sucked last week. I understand. He's got the Jets next, folks. And there's only two teams on a bye, so this is more for those of you who are desperate at quarterback or you're playing in 2QB or Superflex League and you need to make a decision. 
uh, on a second quarterback. Phillip Rivers has got the Texans. If you're yeah. really desperate, Mike Glennon, Colt McCoy also out there, but that's really desperate. Uh, at running back, Cam Akers is the best back in L.A. Daryl Henderson does not look right. I don't think he's 100%. I think that quad's bothering him. Uh, and Akers had that nice 61-yard run against San Francisco, uh, over 14 fantasy points. At some point, I think and hope he takes over that job. James White, we talked about last week, only had six touches, but he had two touchdowns. He's got 29 fantasy points in his last two games. No Rex Burkhead. They got the Chargers coming up. In Atlanta, I don't know, folks. Ito Smith and Brian Hill are both worth a roster spot as long as Todd Gurley's out. I, I couldn't tell you who the better bet is going to be on a week-to-week basis because Ito Smith got most of the touches and we all thought it was going to be Brian Hill. Edo Smith was just the hot hand. Uh, Frank Gore, who will be here long after all of us are dead. He'll still be playing football. <laughs> Adam Gates will still be his head coach. He had a 53% touch share uh, against Miami, and he's got the Raiders coming up. Speaking of the Raiders, I mentioned Devontae Booker. If he's out there and you have Josh Jacobs, go get him. Alexander Madison, same kind of thing with Dalvin Cook owners. Uh, at wide receiver, uh, maybe I'm getting crazy here, but T.Y. Hilton uh, had five targets, 81 yards, and a touchdown against the Titans. He's had five plus targets in all but one of his last six games, and he's got Houston this week. He has scored 15 plus points against them in three of his last four games. He has scored 26 plus points against them five times. He owns the Texans. So if you're hurting, if you've got a Bucks wide receiver or a Panthers wide receiver, or you just need help at, at a flex in a multi-flex league, he's worth a look. Gabriel Davis, same kind of thing. Uh, John Brown's placed on injured reserve, so Davis is going to get more burn. He had only four targets, but a touchdown and 16.9 points against the Chargers. A bad matchup, though, this week against the Niners. The Jaguars. I still prefer Keelan Cole and LaVisca Chenault over Colin Johnson if DJ Chark and Chris Conley can't go uh, against the Vikings. But Johnson's on the radar after getting targeted eight times. He had 19.6 points, and Mike Glennon uh, certainly was looking in his direction. So uh, do with that what you will. Brashad Perriman's also worth a look. He's had double digits in three straight games. Al Lazard as well had a touchdown against the Bears. Uh, Eagles up next, and it's nice to have shares of a wide receiver catching passes from Aaron Rodgers. At tight end, it's the holiday season, so uh, that means Rudolph, Kyle Rudolph. The red zone reindeer. Eight targets, seven catches, 68 yards, and almost 14 fantasy points against the Panthers. Now, if if Adam Thielen comes back, he's going to lose some of his luster, but he does have the Jaguars coming up next. Dalton Schultz, every week I say pick him up. Every week his ownership doesn't go up. I don't know why. 26 targets in his last four games. During that time, he's had at least four catches in every game. Uh, Schultz is trusted by Andy Dalton, who is a guy who uh, will throw to his tight end. We've seen that in the past. I just don't know what's going on with that game against Baltimore. That right now is scheduled for Monday night. Trey Burton got into the end zone. He's given you 10 plus points in uh, two straight games and four of his last six. Not super reliable, not super explosive. The ceiling's not high, but tight ends thin. And then Logan Thomas, 67 snaps, 16.7 target share. Uh, against our beloved but pitiful Dallas Cowboys. The matchup's not great coming up in Week 13 against Pittsburgh, but uh, Logan Thomas would be a guy that you're adding if you need help at the position uh, over the course of the next three or four weeks. No doubt about it. I think you hit on all the key numbers right there. Week 13 coming up, SI Fantasy Plus subscribers. We're going to help you get to 14, 15, and 16. And, Mike, when when we look at, I think this week right here with this thing, um... It's so interesting because as I'm setting lineups, I'm like, man, can I really play Chase Claypool? Like, can I really play my Pittsburgh Steelers and my Baltimore Ravens? What is going to happen? So it's going to be week 12 is not ended yet. 
But I think we're really going to have a wild scenario with this Baltimore Ravens and Pittsburgh Steelers game because this might be one of the one of the top rivalries in the NFL. You got these two teams battling for playoff positioning, and the Baltimore Ravens have to do it with t- minus ten starters. Yeah, it's it's bad. And I just want this game to get played, but they also yeah. have to they also have to keep in mind the safety uh, and the health of the players. So. I don't know what would happen. Would it be a week 18 scenario, which a lot of folks out there have said uh, is very possible. I don't think forfeit is in the cards. No, I don't think that's going to happen because both teams lose paychecks uh, for, for uh, such a scenario. And at this point, we're just waiting for news, Corey. If Baltimore has more positives, then the game is in jeopardy. And as you mentioned, no practice today. So, and there's there's a snowstorm apparently uh, in that area of the country, so travel could be an issue. They're not going to travel. I mean, I know it's only you know from from you know Baltimore to Pittsburgh. It's not all that much in terms of travel, but you know snowstorm can screw that up too. So there, there's a lot on the line, and there's a lot of leagues out there, Corey, where the commissioners do not allow alternative submissions, which means that if you started all those Steelers that we talked about, you could potentially get a zero. It, because so this is really the last, way, it, this is the last way to fix to finish. The, really, the last way to finish this week, week twelve, and get fantasy points from those guys, or if or is this like tomorrow night? So That's you know, it. listen. Some it, it could be some donuts. Thankfully, I'm telling you, Austin Eckler and uh, Will Fuller really came through. Because I'm at the point now where I really I I can take a donut from Claypool and still get the W. Mm-hmm. But in the NFFC with the points. You know, I'm I, I'm holding on to that final playoff spot by 15 points. I need some Chase Claypool touchdowns <laughs> to make that lead. <laughs> I don't want to have to sweat next week because my the guy behind me got Wayne Coleman and Antonio Gibson. Oof. Antonio Gibson is a wide receiver in the NFFC. Is that right? Yes. So when I saw that, I was like, "You got to be kidding me!" There's I'm looking, at his, be, I'm, uh, I'm looking at his roster and I'm like, Yo, "Why do you have three running backs playing against me? I mean, four running backs?" Corey, and I'm like. Yeah, there, there's got to be, there's got to be, and, and you know what, maybe we can spearhead this. There's got to be a universal uh, requirement for player yeah. eligibility. There has to be. Like ESPN, and listen, I love Mike Clay. I love yeah. Field Yates. I love Tristan Cockrock. I love those guys, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, not the guy at the top. Uh, I'm about to say you left one, you know. <laughs> the guy at the top. Not, 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 a, fan of, not a fan of MB. But you a name. I love I love those dudes. I love those dudes. Okay, there's got to be some kind of universal eligibility requirement for players in fantasy football. You can't just make a guy eligible and then take it away. If a player is eligible, that means he's met the required eligibility. Right? He has played a certain amount of offensive snaps. Whatever the case may be, there's got to be some sort of universal. Hey, this is the number. If this guy has played this number of offensive snaps at a certain position, he gains eligibility there. I don't know, but th- there there has to be something that we can do. Um, and my, it's like the forefathers had it built in. Obviously, when I talk about the forefathers, I talk mm-hmm. about that original fantasy baseball league. And they, you never have this issue in fantasy baseball because leagues have position eligibility rules. Right, exactly. And they do not have that in the NFL. Yep. Right. Exactly. Now you also have to think of too. So where, where it gets sketchy is that, okay, a lot of running backs 
line out wide, line yeah. out in the slot. Uh, I mean, I'm looking at I'm looking at the uh, you know the report right now, and you've got, for example, Zeke Elliott has run 267 routes this year. David Montgomery has run 241 routes this year. Alvin Kamara and J.D. McKissick have run 239 routes this year. Um, they're, they're, they're not wide receivers. So you, you've got to, you, there's got to be something that is the requirement for a player to be able to have multiple positions or you go based on team depth chart and that's it. So if Cordero Patterson's a wide receiver on the Bears depth chart, that's what he is. And if you don't like it, tough. Taysom Hill is a quarterback on the Saints depth chart. If you don't like it, tough. There there has to be some way, and we've got to figure this out, to get off of this eligibility situation. Like, even even with, uh, with Hinton over the weekend, he hadn't played quarterback since 2018 at, yeah. at Wake Forest, right? There were platforms that have him only as a quarterback. He's not a flipping quarterback. He's a wide receiver. Yeah. Right? So that's something that maybe this offseason, uh, you know, could be discussed because you're getting into, especially a lot of folks out there, you know, they play for a lot of dough and, and this kind of thing can burn you. And so I feel like there there certainly needs to be some sort of eligibility requirements uh, per position before you move a guy and you should never take an eligibility away once a player has established that eligibility. And that that's why I had a problem with Taysom Hill. Uh, you know, no, go ahead. No, no, that that's it. You know, if, if I could, I would like, to, I wish I can give Hinton a game ball because you got to figure, yes, you got to figure his dream was to one day be a quarterback in the NFL. And he got that shot yesterday in the craziest of 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 of, of, of situations. But you know what? He got the shot and he went out there and did it. Yeah. Well, uh, it it was it it wasn't fun. But I will tell you this: <laughs> I, if if I were if I were Hinton, yeah, I, I'd have I'd have probably woken up pinching myself and be like, yeah, I sucked, but I got to play quarterback <laughs> in the NFL. And most people can't say that. No doubt about it. Right, so my man, for my man, Michael Fabiano, I'm Corey Parson, the Fantasy Executive, SI Fantasy Podcast, brought to you by DraftKings. We're out.